Welcome to Coffee with Congress, a new podcast by the Veterans Education Project, where we truly get to know members of Congress and key government officials. Every episode, we ask questions that have absolutely nothing to do with politics, policy, or legislation. Yeah, you know, nothing to do with their actual jobs. So instead, we focus on getting to know the real person behind the office. Today, we had a chance to hang out with Congressman Mark Green from Tennessee's 7th District. He served as a major in the Army, and he's an all-around badass. Listen in now as we speak with him in his D.C. office. So, Congressman, you're, uh, you're, you represent Tennessee over there, and we got so much great food comes out of Tennessee. Tons of amazing food. Uh-huh. So my first question is, if, there was a, uh, if you were to compete in an eating contest of some sort, what's the food that, you, that you're like, this is the one I know I can compete in. I can put down so many of, of this. Oh, wow. Um, I, well, I guess in a way you're kind of asking me what my favorite food from Tennessee is. I'm asking you what's the food you could eat the most of. <laughs> <laughs> they could be different. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe sushi. I mean, Ooh. I love sushi. Yeah. I love... Uh, well, sushi's not really a... a that would be an intense sushi. Eating kind of raw yeah. fish as much as possible as you could eat would be a pretty yeah. intense. Or, I mean, I love barbecue. Okay. I love fried catfish. Fried Ooh. catfish. I love fried okra. Okay. That's a real Tennessee thing, too. So the, best, what, the best okra in my district is probably the Catfish House in Clarksville, Tennessee. Where, sorry, where? In Clarksville. I'm taking notes. I just don't oh, know exactly Great catfish. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of places with great catfish, but nobody makes fried okra like the Catfish House. In okay. The catfish right. House. All right. We got it. I'll, when we go to Tennessee. Yeah, you got to check that place out. All right. So, all right. So, um, there are some people in Tennessee, some famous people that have some uh, some beliefs that I, I want to know if you share them. Congressman, do you believe that aliens exist? Are you in, in Elvis? Uh, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I really don't. I mean, I don't think we have any evidence. And I've never been to Area 51. So maybe oh, we were hoping that with know. your military background well, I did you had have, been there before. I did run, my company did run the um, emergency department in Roswell, New Mexico. Whoa. Okay. Before I left the... Yeah, and no I, rumors, no crash what? landings. Nah. There are lots of pictures of them all over town. <laughs> so maybe I don't know. All right, all right. Um, now you got Nashville. Tons of uh, talented people there. Yeah. If there amazing. was a talent show, if there was a Congress talent show, what talent you bring on stage? Yeah. Okay. I would probably either play saxophone. I play tenor saxophone. Oh. Okay. Um, or you know, I guess order. I mean, I'm I'm decent at that. Uh-huh. I'm a decent. Orator. So on saxophone, what's the favorite song you like to play on saxophone? Sir Duke. Oh, okay. I'm okay. gonna uh, have to get uh, a little clip oh, of that gosh, in yeah, the, uh, on the podcast. On who, who did Sir Duke? It was Stevie Wonder, right? Speaking of music, we hear you're a Kanye fan. Tell us a little about that. <laughs> I, you know, I like all kinds of music, right? I, I, and I do like some uh, music that folks might not expect me to like. You know, I listen to. Um, I'm, I'm mostly a metal guy. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I like you know, Pantera are are disturbed. More, oh, disturbed. disturbed. I like okay. it. Yeah. I mean, they're both their lyrics and just the way they synchronize, you know, the thrash of metal into nice. the into the the lyrics is just the best. I think it's a more metal. You know, they're, they're I like it. They're Metallica. <laughs> you know, Metallica is the greatest metal band. You know, rock band of all time, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. You know, U two is probably the the greatest band of all time. 
Heard it here first, folks. You right. So you two is it. probably the best band of all time. Okay. This is best awesome. You love music. Band. I do, I do. I was a disc jockey in high school, what? so in college. So. You are a disc jockey? Yeah. That's awesome. What, yeah. on what radio station? So I started out at WMLC in Monticello, Mississippi, and then I went to, I think it was JMB. It was over in Brookhaven. It was an AM station. Pretty large AM station though, and then at West Point I went FM okay. because the okay. Cadet radio station is FM, right. WKDT. <laughs> nice, nice. Cadet. Have you and Condoleezza Rice talked about your guys' shared love of metal? Condoleezza Rice likes metal. Loves metal. Loves metal. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because I can't play the piano. Right. And apparently she's a classic pianist. She just gets you right. You guys band going. You guys could go to a Metallica concert together. I would love to go. Actually, I've been looking this year for, you know, because it's sort of like, one of my regrets in life is I never saw Michael Jordan play in person. I I regret never seeing him play. And I didn't let that happen with Peyton Manning, right? I said, I've got to see Peyton Manning. Okay. Obligatory Peyton Manning reference from Tennessee? Right. Of course he is. And so, you know, I want to I want to see them play. You know, I missed ACDC. I never got to see those guys. I want to see Metallica. I'd like to see Disturbed, but Disturbed, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could dress appropriately for the concert. I think you should show up like you are, I think you should just show up as you show up in a suit and it's like, let them Now, that would it. be really wild. I'd love that. <laughs> that would be radical that, at, at a Disturbed concert. Yeah, for sure. It would be the most counterculture person. Like, oh, this dude's out of control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Love it. I love it. Um, all right. So, uh, Tennessee is the birthplace of putt-putt mini golf. Oh, is, is it? it? I didn't even know. I'm so proud. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, they are the birthplace of things that change beach towns and awkward teenage dates uh, forever. So my question is, is Putt-Putt the best golf? As far as I'm concerned, yeah. absolutely. Yes, right. <laughs> so who would win? These Tennessee natives, Kenny Chesney or Justin Timberlake in a Putt-Putt mini golf <laughs> tournament? <laughs> Ooh. I think Timberlake would because I think yeah. I think JT as well because because uh, and, and I like Kenny Chesney too met sure. him a couple you know a couple times he's a great great performer um, but Timberlake you know they built a golf course I, I think he he's involved in a golf course in Memphis near Memphis is he really yeah I think he is I there, I went and uh, did a speech at a golf course. And somebody said something about, I mean, he's got an affiliation with it, so I'll give it to JT. Okay, JT, uh, JT when you listen to this, uh, Congressman Green wants to play putt-putt golf with you. So. <laughs> not, not, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. My wife would really like that, too. <laughs> he's right. incredibly talented. He is. I mean, that guy, when you watch him and Jimmy Fallon when they do a routine oh. or gig together. Oh, it's great. Both of those guys are incredibly talented. All right, all right. So now I'm going to ask, uh, uh, kind of transition a little bit. Uh, we're going to start to kind of uh, get into some more questions about uh, who you are and stuff. So we'll start with some uh, some easier ones. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be in the Army. You did? Yep. Okay, that is awesome. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Um, all right, so what advice would you give right now to your 20-year-old self, and why? I guess I would say take notes. Take notes. Explain you know, that. Because there's lots of lessons that you learn in life, and you never really ever want to learn a lesson twice. Okay. You know, so I didn't start really journaling until the end of my 30s. 
Okay, tell and, us about this. And now I journal, right? So when I have a devotional or something like that, a quiet time in the morning, mm-hmm. I will journal my thoughts about it. But I also, there's reflection. And so if there's a life lesson or something, and one of the things I've now done is I've compiled them. So as I start a new journal uh-huh. book, notebook, I'll take, you know, the, the lessons that I've learned over the course of my life and I rewrite them at the beginning of the journal. Okay. And then I add to it as I'm adding in that journal. I'll go back and say, man, this is profound. So I'll go back and, and write, well, this is a life lesson to, to mm. remember. That's really, really cool. So you just wish you'd started that earlier. Wish I had started that earlier. Okay. All right. All right. So if you could eat anything on the moon, on the moon, what would you eat? Eat anything on the moon? On the moon. What's the best moon food? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Cheese. It's a yeah. moon pie. It's a moon, moon pie. pie. Come on. That's the, that's okay. your guys' well, you know, the moon is made that's of cheese, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> so, so what's better, a moon pie or a goo goo cluster? It depends on your mood. I don't even know what yeah, a goo goo cluster is. Have you never had a goo goo cluster? No, no. am teach, I missing out? The original ones are the best, too. <laughs> what They've got multiple flavors cluster? now. It's a peanut chocolate you know, candy made in Tennessee. It's really, really good. You should have those in your office. Yeah, we got, right now we've got M&M's and uh, Sundrop. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. So Sundrop's in my district. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, M&M's are statewide. They, Mars has, the company has a pet store, or its pet division in my uh, district. Okay. And then M&M's are made in Cleveland, Tennessee, I believe. And then there's a Mars plant or something near Memphis. So, all right, all right. So, which one you got to choose? Which one, Moon Pie or Goo Goo Cluster? If I had to choose personally, I'd probably pick the Goo Goo Cluster. All yeah. right, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. So, on that note, total transition. If you could put one quote on a billboard in Times Square for the world to see, what would it say and why? Uh, it would probably be, you know, John three sixteen. Okay. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, you know that those who believe in Him can have eternal life. Very that would probably be it. Now, if you're looking for something non-religious, we're not looking for anything. No, we're not looking for anything. That's all. That's great. That's okay. who you are. That's yeah. great. We love that. Um, all right. So I'm going to say a word, and I want you to say the first person that comes to your mind, and then explain why. Successful. John Maxwell, I don't know why that name came to mind, you asked me to say it, but John Maxwell's a guy that, that I um, you know, read a lot of his stuff, and I think his impact and ability to influence people throughout the world is just profound. Okay. You know, his, his, uh, he's got a, a not-for-profit that is teaching leadership to, to people in foreign countries and in foreign governments, and he's influencing the world in a massive way, equipped ministries. So I, I think probably John Maxwell, maybe, uh, you know, Billy Graham. Okay. Um, Very cool. So. Very cool. Keep rolling. Yeah. All right, yeah. Um, so what do your close friends call you, or your wife or your mother? Is there a nickname that you have? Yeah. That, I've uh, had various nicknames over the course of my life. <laughs> um, but now, no, I don't really have a nickname other than Doc. Doc. You know, some, uh-huh. some close friends, like my military buddies, you know, they still call me, hey, Doc Green, what's up, mm. you know? Mm. Um, so, Doc is probably the only nickname I would say I have right now. All right. I heard well, okay. Sorry. well, Doc, uh, t- 
tell me about a time in your life where you failed and what life lesson did you learn from that failure? Hmm. I'm trying to think of a, a good example to use. Um, no there rush. have been a couple of, uh, a couple of those. Um, Hmm. You know, I I think the you know the secretary of the army thing. Okay. That I don't know that I failed, but I you know it didn't work out, and uh, there were a lot of lessons learned there. One, you know, trust that that God has got it and He's got you and He's going to put you where you need to be or where He wants you. But also, I learned a little bit about you know communicating. The way we communicate uh, to make sure that it's not um, misperceived, mm. you know. Um, and I, now the the media really misquoted me on some things that that they said I said, right? You know, I mean, really, it was a it was egregious, right? right. Like the, the stuff uh, on a couple of bills in Tennessee that they said I said this when you can look in the transcript and see that I said something totally different. That really bothered me, but. Yeah. I can go back and see where people might perceive judgment. Right. Uh, some of the stuff that I've said, and I don't ever want to judge people. I'm going to leave that to God. I want to love people. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do, and I've tried since that time to be better communicating love even to people that I disagree with. Right, right. Uh, and, and maybe not necessarily um, that I agree, right? We're going to just disagree, but, yeah. but I don't want another person to seem see like I'm judging them for the position they've taken. And I, th- I think that's really hard, you know, um, even in, in this forum, um, you know, it's very easy to misrepresent a quote out of context, and that is uh, really, really hard to deal with. So I think that our listeners uh, uh, will really appreciate that, uh, uh, that life lesson and, and, and that struggle that you've uh, walked through. Definitely. So change gears a little bit so you guys have a uh, a parthenon you guys have an eiffel tower what's next what's the next blatant european ripoff of Tennessee's <laughs> what do you think what do you think they should build next i think we need a tower of pisa oh, <laughs> i like that a tower of pisa we need a tower of pisa where which city should it be in um is there an italian named city yeah, that's that's a good. No, I, everything's Vills in Tennessee. Okay, okay. Clarksville, Nashville. There's no Naperville in, in uh, Tennessee. There's no like Naperville or uh, Sicilyville. Not, no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> but uh, leaning tower pieces. Leaning tower pieces would be. You guys, maybe you should make yours not leaning, and you'd be like, "This is how it's done." <laughs> Italians, this is how we do it. <laughs> all right, all right, like that. Um, all right, so. This is gonna be, this one's a little bit of a, of a journey, so you guys roll with me on this one. So let's start. Do you like dry or wet? What do you mean? Ribs. Ribs of wet. Okay. All right. All right. Hot chicken or barbecue? Barbecue. All right. So let's say your friend gets into a bad. Co- this is this is also ripped from the headlines. This is actually a true thing that happens. So just roll with me on this. <laughs> a good friend of yours gets into a motorcycle accident. The guy amputated his leg. Oh man. He says, "Hey doc, let me get the meat from my calf." He gets his meat smoked, aged, and barbecued up, ready, and, and invites his friends over to eat his calf. You gonna partake? That's weird. No. 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 <laughs> what about your own leg? No, that's bizarre. <laughs> I, was, 
this is in the news? It actually happened. They had some. Uh, they made in the tacos, and they, his friends tried it out, and they said it was pretty good. Bizarre. That is bizarre. I, hey. Yeah, we're so far at the tip of Maslow's hierarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got the. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm not. You know, judging. No, no, no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. All right, all right, if you so, wouldn't partake, that's fine. So rolling into some uh, some humor uh, still, but also I think uh, a lot of people want to hear hear this story. All right. So I believe there was a time in your life where you stole a battery out of a car. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Yeah, that was, well, so it was combat, you, right? Yeah, you, you got a mission to do. Let's tell the story. So, I, you know, I'm a SF guy. I've been in group for a while. And um, I think uh, your your story uh, on that airfield is something that's really interesting. Would so, you mind telling it? No, not at all. We go in and, um, you know, we didn't know if the guy had WMD Remember, I mean, we were concerned. And uh, everyone, uh, he's talking about going into Iraq. Going right? into Baghdad. Yeah. Right? And... Um, there was a big concern about whether or not he had weapons of mass destruction, maybe even nuclear. So we're in Mop Four. I'm with an, you oh. know, I'm, I'm with the Tier One Navy, you know, counterterrorism unit, uh, and and it's my, you know, the Night Stalkers and myself. And I'm going to ground on this mission. It'd be the, you know, rare that the dot goes to ground. But we were basically moving into Baghdad. Right. So <clears throat> I was. My mission was to go to ground, and I had a medic with me. You know, we roll off the helicopters. Mortar rounds are actually landing right in the middle of the wow. runway as we're we were like a mile. Yeah, it was kind of. No, well, not small arms, okay. but but there were mortar rounds, random mortar rounds landing in between the two run airstrips on the military side of the Baghdad airport. For those people who will have done time there, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So we come running into that big hangar that's there, and of course, as soon as we come busting in and everybody who's been since y'all are all you know this is the enlisted national guard everybody knows what mop four is like yeah you're running and you know the fog up the lens yep. and so now you've got a circle <laughs> of like, uh, yeah. you uh, got half like an inch trash diameter and exactly all over you and you're running and you know i can barely <laughs> see and i come running into this hangar and the seal commander goes you know bleep this <laughs> uh all clear, all clear. I mean, I don't know that anybody tested. And, and I thought to myself, you know, I got an antidote. I'm getting out of this. And so we all shucked off our gear, our, our Mach 4, and, and, you know, then we just take a break, that lull in the battle, so to speak. And I'm like, I got to get a vehicle, you know, in case we get guys get wounded. And so I talked to the SEAL commander and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find a vehicle. And I walk and boom, there's this truck. And I rip open the steering column as a Nissan pickup truck, and I, I take out my Leatherman, and I start hot-wiring the truck. And, you know, it's like a circle if you've ever hot-wired a truck, and you probably have because it's yes, a, a skill set, right? Yeah. So you, you cross, you make the arc, and it starts, right as I make the arc, and it starts to crank, this guy comes running up and grabs me, and he's got a full beard, and he spins me around, and he's like, hey, man, this is, you know, I thought I was going to get killed, but he you know, told me that he worked for our government and that he'd already stolen that truck, and there was, like, another one right beside us that these are mine. And I'm like, okay, fine. And he goes, down at the end of the runway, there's a Maxima, and it, it has the keys in the ignition. You don't have to hotwire it. And I'm like, oh, well, cool, you know. So I run down there. It's not going to be perfect, but if we had a, you know, guy throw him in the back seat right. and haul butt to a yeah, pass yeah. team, right? A Ford area surgical team. So we get it. I see it. I hop in, plastic on the seats, brand new car, hit the keys, nothing happens. Lift the hood, somebody had stolen the battery. So I go walking back, thinking, man, what am I going to do? You know, I got to get a vehicle. And 
there's that guy's truck. And there's no age, you know, no agency guy anywhere. So I'm like, well, screw this. I'll just take his battery. Yeah. And I did. I stole his battery and it fit perfectly into the car. Um, you know, and, and I drove it in and this commander's like, holy cow, man, this is awesome. So we sit in the, I sit in that thing. Right outside that massive hangar. Air on conditioning the, on. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're listening. Air conditions on. We're listening to uh, uh, Iraqi radio. You know, right. Of course. In Arabic. And it's like, and, and, and spent that first night in Baghdad like that. And we kept the car for several days. And then I traded it, actually, for one of those trucks with a, a buddy from the 82nd back. One of my, he was a lieutenant in the battalion when I was a company commander. Nice. So I bump into this guy. I hadn't seen him since I was in the 82nd. I'm like, man, I really need a truck. And he's like, well... I'll take that car, and we're like, cool. So yeah, anyway, yeah. that's part of the story I don't normally tell, but um, <laughs> you know, we're we're there, and so months later, I bump into the agency guy in the post exchange, and he's like, man, did you take my battery? And I'm like, yeah, I did. I took your battery. And he's like, no, no worries. I had taken that battery out of the Nissan Maxima I sent you down to go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, great, man. Thanks. That is hilarious that's a great story that, yeah. is, that is great I, I love that I, I mean I almost think about like I want to find that guy someday you know <laughs> I, you know I think you guys all relate this how by the end of boot camp none of our covers were what we were originally issued like your cover is basically whatever you see there and you just take that yeah. I feel like that's what was happened with this battery yeah. just kind of kept I, mean, I, 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 I don't know how many vehicles it wound up being in <laughs> it was it certainly got me by so um, we're winding down here but I got I got a, a tough uh, Tennessee question for you you going whiskey or moonshine? Oh, I'm a I'm a whiskey guy. Whiskey, absolutely. Okay. And I I mean I like Tennessee whiskey, right? Uh, but I also like bourbon. Yeah, and I like Scotch. Yeah. My favorite Scotch is Macallan. Okay. Uh, my favorite bourbon, boy, that's tough. Probably Pritchard's, made in Tennessee. Pritchard's. He makes a double barrel bourbon that's just phenomenal. Uh, and he actually has a distillery at the Fontenelle, which is not very far from my house. So why, why is it a bourbon that's made in Tennessee? Is it because it's aged in Kentucky? Or? So NAFTA, the original NAFTA, defined all of those things. Right. What is a Kentucky bourbon? What is a Kentucky straight bourbon? You know, and and Tennessee whiskey was defined in the Tennessee legislature. It wasn't defined in NAFTA. Right. And the the difference is it has to be it's pretty constraining. I don't like that about the definition. Don't you know, feel like Jack Daniels is like we're going to be the only one. Well, I don't want to say that. Jack Daniels is a great company, and they're they're a great brand, and I understand they're trying to protect their brand. Right. Uh, but there's no, you can't be innovative. You know, it's got to be their way, basically. You yeah. got to make it their way. Uh, but, but the charcoal filtering, of course, is the real signature piece of Tennessee whiskey. Gotcha. Uh, All right. Um, but um, yeah, you know, and that's great too. I love Tennessee whiskey, but I really love that Pritchard's double barrel bourbon. Right. And uh, and my wife was a Blanton's gal for a long time. All right. And I think I finally got her. You know, she tasted some of the uh, has tasted some of that Pritchard's, and she really likes it. Blanton's is hard to find, you know. So mm-hmm. and so is Pritchard's. The local store knows that I like it, and they'll you know when they get some, they'll set some aside for me. But. Um, yeah, whiskey. I'm not a moonshine guy. No, fair I mean, enough. Don't drink something just because it burns. <laughs> fair enough. Well, um, this uh, we're going to close out here. Uh, this next series is going to be like a rapid fire. Like, I'm just going to ask a question, question. Okay. Uh, and uh, you can get two passes. So if you don't know or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you can pass. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, we're going to give you a, a, a minute or two or however long you want to okay. just kind of talk about Whatever you want. Whatever you think, you know, people would want to know. So, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. 
Here we go. What animal do you most resonate with? Uh, the dog. Okay. Uh, Labrador it, Retriever mixed with a German Shepherd. Uh-huh. Wolverine and Incredible Hawk get in a fight. Who wins? Wolverine. That's correct. That's correct. Keep what, going. <laughs> what'd you eat for breakfast? Uh, uh, raisin and you know some kind of brand cereal. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, you're doing great. What gift of less than a hundred dollars are you most happy about? Anything from my kids. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. And last but not least, what book have you given the most as a gift? Um, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. All right. By John Maxwell. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, you made it. You got easy. to the end. <laughs> so uh, now you've earned the reward of having a, a platform to say whatever you want, um, talk about whatever you like, and uh, it's the, the floor is yours. Well, I just appreciate what you guys do. You know, as uh, enlisted guardsmen, um, you know, you're the backbone of the guard, and the guard is really historically been the, the fighting force of America, right? I mean, our militia. Citizen soldier. Right, the citizen soldier. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody who will be listening to this for their service to the nation and to their states. You know, the great thing about the Guard is you really have that dual duty to serve not only a U.S. Constitution, but uh, the people of a state of, you know, in, in our case, in my case, the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. And I, I think it's, it's important to note really what we take an oath to. You know, and it's it's not even to the country. If you think about your oath as an en, as an enlisted person or as a soldier, sailor, airman, marines, it is to the Constitution of the United States. Mm-hmm. It is to the idea of America mm-hmm. that we are sworn to protect. And uh, I think that's really cool. And so I just appreciate you guys, and I'm honored to uh, you know to be interviewed and. Um, you know, so there you go. Well, thank you very much thank for your so time. Much. Absolutely, and, uh, this is phenomenal. We look forward to uh, to doing this again. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening to Coffee with Congress. Man, that was really fun hanging out with Congressman Green. Learn all about his love of Stevie Wonder and his proclivity to stealing car batteries. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we are everywhere. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Remember, the Veterans Education Project is always breaching possibilities. <laughs>